Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello? Hello? <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. Network Asia. What's going on? This is Xavier Woods, a.k.a. Austin Creed. I said give me the hell, yeah! Hey, this is Zayda Zay. Hello, WWE Universe in the Philippines. This is Charlotte. Talent is not sexually transmitted. You need to go back to the drawing board because your game absolutely sucks! Hey, everyone, this is Jeff Cobb. I'm Lewis Howley. I'm Sam Spurrier. We are pretty deadly. Yes, boy. Yes, boy. Hello, my name is Zina Dragunov, the star, the NXT UK champion, and you're listening to the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Happy New Year and welcome to the longest running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast. This is the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Thank you so much for making us a part of your first week of 2023. Sana masaya rin kayo na pumasok kayo kasi o nga nakakahiya nga kay Donalyn feeling lucky Bartolome kung hindi tayo masaya sa pagpasok natin sa trabaho ngayon ano? Yeah. <laughs> it, I know it's been hard because the weather has been pretty gloomy all throughout the holiday break. So, I hope that you guys got to get your ass to work. Do it for Donalyn, yes. Mm. Admin Jackie says. Oh, see, Emil A.S.H. is in the chat tonight. He's actually part of the stream. No Rowan A.S.H. He's down with the sickness, the flu, Nero COVID. And Chino is not in the Philippines right now. So let's let him live his best life. Emil, how are your holidays? Sorry. <laughs> My holidays was good. But sadly, yung family ko, may lakad sila sa Baguio last week. But because I'm stuck at work, so hindi ako nakasama. So I'm the only one here. But nonetheless, it was great. It was uh, was good. And uh, thank you. Sorry, Emil. Masaya si Donalyn na nagtrabaho ka <laughs> habang nagbabakasyon ni pamilya mo. Yeah. And um, thankfully, this year, walang magkasakit compared like this time last year. Yeah, uh, I'd like to think that things are much better this time around for uh, for yes. most of us. So hopefully, you know, if anybody is sick, I hope that you can bounce back sooner than later. Before we get to all of the stuff that we have to talk about, because it's wild this first week of 2023, let's tell you all about the many benefits you get by being a Wrestling Wrestling Podcast patron. One of our many blessings from last year heading into this year. Yeah, Ina, yes, my wallpaper is from Kenny's Table Spot from yesterday, which we all saw together because we had a watch party, not just for Wrestle Kingdom 17 yesterday, but also for Noah's New Year 2023 event on Sunday. So uh, we didn't publicize that as much because I, I never, I, you never really know who was interested in watching the whole thing. But if you want to watch similar events in the future especially AEW events and WWE events not sure how we're going to get get around to doing that in the future but you can do that you can join us by subscribing to our Patreon 
for only $5. Patreon.com slash Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. The URL is down there in our ticker. And you get access to our Discord community where we talk about wrestling, sports, fashion, TV shows. You can also talk to your one of your favorite uh, local wrestlers in the chat in the Discord. And then you also have exclusive review content uh, of Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Dynamite, Rampage, um, pay-per-views, local events, uh, a whole bunch of that good stuff. And also merch. Other than our uh, exclusive podcast merch, we also have our Pasabais, which is hopefully coming soon. I said we ordered them a month ago from uh, WWE Shop, Shop AEW, Pro Wrestling Tees, and a whole bunch of other places that we could also get if you are into it, if you're down for it. Again, $5, patreon.com slash wrestling wrestling podcast. Please do consider supporting us if you like what we do here on the show. All right. Let's start with our first bit of news from our side of the world, at least over in Japan. The biggest piece of news from this week is the New Japan slash stardom debut of Mercedes Money. So, you know, obviously it rhymes with money, a play on her former ring name. She now calls herself the CEO. Great way to spin off of being the legit boss. And um, sabi nga ni na Kevin Kelly and Chris Charlton yesterday on commentary that it was the worst kept secret in professional wrestling. So let's go around the room. Quick thoughts when Mercedes's music hit, when we saw the images of her on their big screen, and when she finally made that long walk down the huge Wrestle Kingdom 17 ramp. Let's start with Emil ASH. Your quick thoughts. All right. So tama yung sinabi nila, the worst kept secret in wrestling because since um, November at our October, we have known or we you know, as fans who uh, keep up with the dirt sheets and the rumor mill that Sasha Banks, aka Mercedes Monet, is headed to at least uh, NJPW or AW. Now, na lang yung appearance sa New Japan with her appearance yesterday uh, on Wrestle Kingdom. Yun, alam naman ng lahat na appear siya after the women's uh, women's match. Kasi that's the only appropriate segment for her to come out. And people were happy. When the music hit and you know, she looked gorgeous with her uh, hair, or I think that's a wig. And then she was wearing, I think, kimono atayon. Again, everything was great except for that spot, which uh, I think understandable naman yun because she was wearing heels. Napaka, I think it would be difficult for her to do any moves while wearing heels. So okay lang naman yun. But aside from that, it was great. We finally saw Mercedes Monet be in a uh, different setting other than the WWE. Correct lang kita, Emil. It's not Monet because it doesn't rhyme with Janelle oh. Monet. Apparently, it's Monet. So, Monet. Okay. Yes, yes. Because of <laughs> that right, uh, right. French E thingy. I don't know what it's called, but it's Monet, not Monet. Ro, as the wrestler in the panel, what can you say about that gory bomb transition to DDT that Mercedes tried to do to Kyrie? First things first, si Glendale, about Sasha's or Mercedes's debut. Does she owe you money? Or are you, why are you so angry, man? Why are you so mad though? The finisher, uh, I don't like it because it's too complicated. He, she was trying to be cute about it. Like there's a tribute to Gory Guerrero and to the Guerreros, and then she wants to do something else. As someone who has, you know, tried to be a little cute with the moves, that botch alone with someone as talented and as experienced as Kyrie should tell you now. Okay, maybe it's time to think about doing something else. It's worth the effort. Like I always don't. I don't discredit the attempts at trying something, but when it doesn't work, 
it's time to do something different. And that's not a knock on her. It's just the way things go. But moving forward, about this debut, I think, yeah, it is the worst kept secret, but it's not like the CM Punk thing where everyone wants Punk to return. I feel like Sasha or Mercedes showing up in Japan was good for Mercedes and the Western fans who wanted to see her. But I don't think the Japanese crowd wanted to see her as much. It doesn't seem like that. Because when you think about it, and this is no knock on her again, the Joshi wrestlers that they have there are still miles and away a lot better than Sasha, who is just a big name. Uh, she's not bad by any means, but you know, you and Joshi are on a different level. And it's only a good thing that she's going to be surrounding herself with that kind of talent. So I do want to see if she can adapt her own style to the way they do things over in Japan. Maybe it should have served a better purpose to, I, I mean, it should have been better if they announced it beforehand the way they did Chris Jericho heading into Wrestle Kingdom. Maybe that could have been a lot better. I don't know. We'll never know because um, they were banking on the big surprise return. Well, it's just the way it is. Um, it's also a thing that the women are still an afterthought in New Japan. Like, it's still a very male dominated company. If you thought AEW was bad with the women, then. <laughs> I got news to tell you, New Japan is even worse with them. So the fact that Tam and Kairi got five minutes and then they got this big return for Sasha all within 10 minutes lang goes to show you what they really think about it. And I don't know if they are going to bank, uh, no pun intended, on her too much moving forward after this. Emi, let me ask you this. I don't know how familiar you are with New Japan or with Joshi Wrestling, but will you go out of your way to catch Battle of the Valley? Because that's the stardom show in which Mercedes and Kyrie will have their showdown for the IWGP Women's Championship. Yes, because Mercedes is a not really super mainstream name, but in terms of like in the scope of wrestling, she's a mainstream star. So for me, I, I would want to watch that. I would want to see... Mercedes Monet compete in a different ring with uh, I think it's all do you you saw Sinabini Motni role earlier no I think this is why it's good that her first opponent is Kyrie Sane because at least or Kyrie I'm sorry <laughs> Kyrie because they already wrestled together in in WWE so my familiarity don it would be different kung she would be up against some of the Joshis. I don't think it would be as good if Natapachedon. So this is a familiar matchup for mainstream fans to easily catch on. So yes, I would uh, I would make time. Okay. Yung tinatanong ni Admin Angelo in the chat, sasabay ba to sa oras ng Elimination Chamber? I'm not sure. Uh, we don't really have the full details for Battle of the Valley. But yes, it's going to be on the same weekend at the very least. Ro, sabi ni Emil kanina na Mercedes to him is not as big of a name. But what did it tell you that uh, wrestling Twitter was more excited for Mercedes showing up here than Kenny Omega having an actual match. I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's the thing. I think there was enough hype. But of course, the WWE is more WWE around the world. So naturally, yes, okay, maybe you're right in saying that Mercedes was a big deal because they wanted to see where she would go next. I don't know. Um, that's what it pretty much is. Now, people who are WWE fans, and there are a whole lot of them, we're waiting for that. Mm-hmm. 
we saw on Twitter today, merong nagpost na yung graphic of the six-pack challenge for the next contender for the women's championship. It happened in May, but that's what led to Sasha and Naomi basically walking out. That that match, which never happened, caused so many dominoes to fall in 2022. So uh, it's amazing, you know, where we are right now. Not saying that all of it was good, but because a lot of the circumstances there could have gone in a different direction in an alternate universe. But you know, this is the timeline we're in. On January 5, 2023. Sticking with Japan, let's talk about Naomi. Trinity Fatu Naomi was spotted backstage alongside Bailey and many other friends supporting Sasha Banks, obviously. And there's rumors right now that Naomi is expected to return to WWE. So could this be uh, the manifest na Naomi being the female member of the bloodline? Emil, is that something you want to see? Uh, yes, uh, that's something I want to see because there's a trend these days no, of female being included in factions, kind of like with Rhea Ripley with the Judgment Day, Mia Yim with the, with the OC, Selena with Legado. So yung trend, it's a trend if Naomi comes in, comes back. I mean, it's pretty obvious to me no, that she is uh, bound for WWE because her husband is there and they're the hottest thing in wrestling right now. So it makes sense uh, if she would be the female member of the bloodline. If they cover all sides from men and women's. So I'm definitely excited if this would happen. Ikaro, is this a surprising decision for you to read that Naomi could be going back to WWE? No, not really. I always maintain that Sasha and Naomi were mad at Vince because Vince is the one who makes these weird uh, boneheaded decisions. So now that the tides are different, the winds are blowing differently, I'm not surprised that Naomi would choose to come back. But then after all, you know, her in-laws as well, and the opportunity to be a part of something as big as the blood. I mean, this is not to say that this is what she's going to do when she comes back or if she comes back. But the opportunity or the possibility is always there. Because, the in-laws and the husband are one big unit. And they do need to cover the women's division, after all. And that's a whole new dimension that they haven't really tapped into yet with the bloodline. So, I'm all for it. Let's go for it. Ito, from Albert in the chat. Is a heel Naomi a good thing? Emil, what do you think? I think it is, because we already saw heel Naomi around like 20... 2014, 2015. And, uh, yeah, Team Bad she, Naomi. Yeah, she, it, she was a good hand. And uh, she was always featured on title matches. And uh, when she turned heel, instead of just being one one half of the tag team with, what's that, her name? The other one, Cameron? Cameron, diba. So, yeah, the Funkadactyls, yeah. Yes, yeah. So for me, heel Naomi would be good since uh, that division really needs some star power at this point. All right, let's stick to Japan here and talk about Shinsuke Nakamura. One of the uh, wilder stories then from this week. Ito, we've known about this since October when the announcement was made, but we got a very different Shinsuke Nakamura, especially for fans who are more familiar with him and his work in NXT and WWE. This is really more close to, well, for one thing, yung ginagawa niya when he was on NXT and more importantly, when he was in Japan as a part of New Japan. So um, it was amazing to see Shinsuke Nakamura return to that old form. And Ro, I know you were a fan of Puro Shinsuke. So where does Shinsuke Nakamura go from here now that everybody's seen him do this as a member of the WWE roster? Shinsuke is a Triple H guy. So um, he was the one who got him for NXT. So I would assume that there are plans for Nakamura, for Triple H to you know restore Nakamura to 
his old glory. Um, I think sayang naman yung investment sa kanya, no? If he doesn't try it, diba? He's only what forty-two. That's this. Yeah. You know, he's still he's still spry. He's still in good shape. This match proved that he can still go the way he used to. All you gotta do is give him time to do his thing and let him wrestle the way he wants. And I think we can pull it off. Um, I I don't want I, you know I tried I, I end up conjecturing a lot about what Triple H will and should do. But I think this isn't too far out of the equation for him. I mean, like again, this is or he is one of his investments. Yeah. So sobrang wild ng idea of Nakamura being a WWE superstar appearing on a stage like Noah. The English commentators Stuart Fulton and Mark Pickering nagwawala din sila on commentary when Nakamura was making his entrance. Uh, but getting into the match, Emil, what did you think of how it ended with Nakamura taking the poison mist from Great Muda's mouth and then spitting it right back in his face en route to the Kinshasa? I love that finish because it's something I I will always pop for in wrestling for things that I have never seen before. So that is something that we have never seen before. And uh parang ano, they said, oh parang effective to to combat if someone uh has uh missed uh, as their like finisher. So that was very smart. I that was very clever. I like it and uh napapapa ko dun. Mm-hmm. Igaro, any other thoughts about Nakamura's uh, mini excursion to Pro Wrestling Noah? I just think it would be a huge miss if Triple H doesn't do anything with this. Because I know Triple H watches the streets. He is always on Twitter. He knows the pulse of the fan. And if he doesn't do anything when Shinsuke gets back, that would be a, another huge uh, letdown for his regime, which is not a year old. Yeah, we are uh, five months since the change in creative leadership happened. Last bit about Japan before we get to our first break. Kenny Omega and Kazuchika Okada were both crowned as champions at Wrestle Kingdom 17. So Kenny won the US Championship from Will Ospreay and Kazuchika Okada won the IWGP World Championship from Jay White. Emil, what did you think of these championship wins? Because people on Twitter, but they're saying, ah, oh, the evil has been defeated. Did you feel the same way? I was actually thinking about this uh, last night. No? And back in like 2017, 2018, we were pegging Jay White and Will Ospreay to be the next in line when Okada and Omega were still top guys. And now, five years, six years later, uh, here we are. Kenny and Okada still are on top, winning championships in the biggest show of the year. So the more, thing, the more things change, the more th- things stays the same. Honestly, this, the matches, the double main event were really good. This is the first Wrestle Kingdom I watched since two years ago. And I guess Okada is still the ace in New Japan. Does it get tiring? Sometimes, yes. But you cannot deny that there's a reason why they always go back to him when New Japan needs a boost in their business. And uh, it's just a shame now it has to happen in front of of Jay White, in Jay White's uh, expense, uh, after they have built him up so many years to be this main event level star, but he cannot have that signature win over Okada. So... He's great, but in the eyes of New Japan, he's not. Mm-hmm. With Kenny and Osprey, must parang must even sila. Um, there's a they're on an even playing field coming in to this uh, event. My story then because Kenny and Osprey has been beefing uh, ever since Kenny left New Japan, and uh, I like that Osprey in that match turned back the clock to be the aerial assassin because he went out to his old theme song and he worked the match as a babyface and Kenny 
was like peak NJPW Kenny. He was the cleaner. He worked as a heel in this match. So parang na reversing roles because in AEW Kenny was the face and Will was the heel. So yeah, I was I like that. I was shocked by the result of that match. I thought they were gonna give Osprey a big win over Kenny Omega, but I'm guessing this feud is far from over, and uh, we might get a rematch. I don't know where, I don't know when, but we will definitely get the rematch between these two. Ro, basa sa pulso ng masa in the comments, parang hindi sila happy that Omega and Okada won the top two titles in NJPW. Try not to uh, badmouth on this podcast anyone that I could, you know, possibly work with in the future. Uh, there is, you know, a really small inkling that it could happen since we're in the business. But I don't understand why you people like the Jay White reign. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't understand it. Because uh, I can't see what you mean. Okada is Okada. Some of you may compare him to John Cena, but there's a reason for that. It's because both of them are, you know, pretty good wrestlers, Okada especially. And I would much rather see Okada do his thing and his million rainmakers than Jay White boring the hell out of me. Maybe on purpose, yes. But there is no space for that really in the New Japan pro wrestling context. And that's what's failing Jay White right now, if I may offer some honest and constructive criticism here. So I'm okay with this win. The Omega win surprised me a lot. That is the one thing I will kind of agree with here. Shampra, because, you know, Dayo Sikeni, diba? So you never expect your mga Dayo to win in wrestling. So obviously, the feud isn't over, as Emil said. There's more to it. I don't know if Will gets his win back in either AEW or the second wrestling, uh, Wrestle Kingdom night on the 21st. So it's clear that they want to run it back. And... I do think it's a good idea because we did get New Japan, Kenny. The whole context in Japan is a lot different than in the U.S. So I'm all for that. And if this leads to uh, Kenny being used in New Japan more, I, that would be fine as well. I think people have missed it. I think he kind of wants to do it, but not as much as he used to do it when he was a full-time member. Because It does break your body down. And I think even though the match was great, if he does a lot more of those, he's going to end up in retirement sooner than we'd like. Yeah, and Kenny Omega's no spring chicken necessarily. I mean, he's 38. He's got miles on his body, right? So he's, it's not like he's as young as, uh, I don't know, a lot of the NXT rookies, right? I thought, which of the double main event matches did you like more, Emil? U.S. title match or world championship match? Easy. Yeah, th- this is an easy answer. The IWGP U.S. title match was far better, at least from my perspective. Because first of all, Shave Nauna, and then it was really that damn good that, uh, like, God bless Okada and Jay White, they tried to follow it up, but it didn't live up to what we saw with uh, Omega and Osprey. Yeah, Ro, based on your comment Mohanina, you agree? Yeah. The, the main thing I look for in wrestling now, now that I've aged into my fandom and as part of the business, is the drama. And Kenny and Will brought that drama in spades. Not in the same way that Jay White and Okada did. Meron din sa that, pero, you know, the blood changes a lot and the violence changes a lot. While Okada and Jay White were just a straight-up wrestling match, which is... Good for some people, for most fans, I guess. But uh, there was a world of difference between the two. All right. Oh, yes, Emil. What's up? Also, I want to add on something. Now. The main event felt like we have seen the same match before. 
with Okada. Yeah, we have so many times. Yeah, exactly. yeah, like and walang ano, walang changes in comparison with the series with Kenny and Okada. Every match was different, but this one, we have seen this match so many times. And Jay White, I think he needs to change alignment to work better. I think he needs he really needs to try to be a babyface. I think that's going to be very helpful for him. I think he needs a new mentor. Like parang no ditch Gado? No, no, no. Um yeah, maybe yes, yes. Cuz being the top of the Bullet Club feels so unearned for him. Like I still think he needed like somebody else on top on a higher level guiding him. Cuz parang I don't think that who he is now looks like or feels like a leader of this once glorious faction. So, Anyun, uh, are you going to steal Tanahashi from Shota? No. Tanahashi uh, si Prince David, AJ Styles. So, and Kenny. Kenny's not even there with him anymore. So, I don't think he has a lot of people to learn under. Yeah, especially if you're looking for like a past Bullet Club leader as a mentor figure for the Switchblade. All right, for real, for real, we're going to take our break. And then when we come back, we're going to go to the U.S. and uh, talk about SmackDown and Raw. But first, a quick word from our other podcasts on Podcast Network Asia. All right, let's get to some shout-outs over on Kumu. Meron ba? Yes, saying hi to Ninang Abi, who is also oh, Nina a, de- Abby. a devotee of Donalyn. Lagi yung may work story, may work feelings. Ninang Abi, paalong ka naman ng stickers dyan, no? Medyo, medyo tuyo tayo tonight. Para naman masaya kami sa tabaho namin. <laughs> Para uh, naman feeling lucky din kami. Thank you to everyone who is tuned in right now. It's not much, but it is an honest living. Uh, ayun, that's yun. Thank you. That is a lot of diamonds. Thank you for that, Nina Abi. Please keep smashing those hearts. We are almost at 2,000 likes. It's a good way to let people know that you like the wrestling talk here on Kubo. All right. Let's go to SmackDown and talk about the return of Charlotte Flair. So she is the last of the many 2022 returns in the WWE. And hindi lang siya bumalik, naging champion pa siya right after Ronda Rousey had defended against Raquel Rodriguez. So the first question here is, Ro, where does this leave Raquel? Because for the last couple of weeks, she was being built up debat, to challenge Ronda and Shayna Baszler. And now all of a sudden, it looks like she's been wiped clean from the chessboard. Uh, she was never going to be top. Yeah, it wasn't her time. So I knew they were waiting for someone bigger. Not Raquel. Because even though she's good, she needs more seasoning. Like I said before, Charlotte was the girl to save SmackDown from Ronda. And it came true. So I don't think Raquel is completely wiped away from the chessboard. I just think that they needed to deepen the women's division a little more before that even happens. Which is, sana, by the end of this year, mangyari. People... Compare Charlotte to Okada in some way. So, para, okay, Charlotte na naman, or champion na naman, first night back. But Emil, how do you feel about this? Because Charlotte is a great addition to any roster on any brand or any company. Uh, yeah, so it was always rumored that Charlotte was bound to return on the SmackDown brand since they really need a, more star power in the women's division. So it was a surprise that she made her return on SmackDown. Yung title win, yes, it, it was kind of a surprise, but it's Charlotte. I mean, she's a very much a polarizing figure. And whether you like her or you hate her, people will always talk about Charlotte. And they really need something to 
talk about in that women's division because it's been kind of dead in the last six months. So I don't mind this Charlotte return. I don't mind the Charlotte win uh, because this will get things going on the SmackDown side of things in the women's division. Sobra ka naman maka-dead. I wouldn't say it was dead. Like when Liv was hot as SmackDown Women's Champion, you know, it, it, it was hot naman, diba? And I actually enjoy the Charlotte return mostly because of that new theme song, diba? They remixed her theme and then made it really more like Ric Flair's. Ikaw, Ro, what do you think about... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. The prospect of Ronda versus Charlotte, again, looming over all of us. I think they are going to get it out of the way for now. I mean, like, this is the rematch to get it out of the way. And then Ronda can go rest up. In the sidelines, I think uh, this is again pure speculation on my part, but I think she just wants to be done with it because I th- I know for a fact that she gets really sensitive about how the audience perceives her, even when she's a heel. Are you so talking about I, Charlotte or Ronda? See Ronda, Ronda. So I think it's time for her to take a step back and evaluate her career moving forward. Like at this point, we've seen Rhonda, we've seen everything she can do. I don't know if there is much of a future left for her at this point. She's feuded with most of the top women in the, in, on the roster. So I think outside of a Shayna match, which could be the best match she could ever do, I think we'll have no prospects for her. Mm-hmm. Emil, what do you think of Rhonda versus Charlotte, which is going to happen sooner than later? I think Ronda versus Charlotte will not happen at WrestleMania. It will happen uh, at a pay-per-view before WrestleMania because I think for Mania, I feel like they're going to try to build up Raquel Gonzalez again so that at WrestleMania, it's going to be Charlotte versus Raquel. So that's what I'm predicting that will happen. With Ronda versus Charlotte, yeah, we're going to get it at the the next pay-per-view and Charlotte's going to win and Ronda... Honestly, her second run isn't really as good as her first. So maybe this is the way that they would write her off and maybe she could take a rest before she comes back or, or she comes back again for another run. So, Yeah, uh, itong tanong ni Fred, para masyado pa maaga, no? who will dethrone Charlotte in the future? I mean, she just won the title. So I think we can uh, <laughs> let a couple of weeks bre- uh, you know, um, settle Muna into her title reign. Then we'll discuss uh, the possibility of someone cutting her title reign short already. While we're letting that bit breathe, let's talk about John Cena making his return to in-ring action. And well, I think I was reading this on The Ringer, na very classic yung format nung match nila. Diba? Na John Cena just came in, did the five moves of doom after KO had been beaten down. And then yay, everybody's happy. Uh, Ro, what do you like? Uh, what do you think about this format? Did you like it? Uh, itong sinulit mo dito, big match, John, still has it. What is the it we're talking about? Because hey, uh, <laughs> Is the it still the adulation of the crowd? Is that yeah, the, the love it of is? the people? Okay, okay. I thought you know a big match, uh, work rate. You say 
hitting his signature comeback isn't much of a match. Although I will do it if I were asked to do it. Like that's the best, easiest payday for me as a wrestler. But uh, yeah, it's easy to still have it. You know, especially if you've been gone for a long time. Absence does make the heart grow fonder and all that, especially Agreed. for John yeah. Cena. Mm-hmm. So it's all good. Um, this is a nice way to utilize him. It was all Kevin Owens, especially after he just did his thing. wrestlers turned actors. So he was a good soldier in all of this. You know, he didn't he didn't hog the spotlight. He just did his thing, did the moves that everyone either loves or hates, and moved on and and gave uh, gave Kevin Owens the spotlight. So I, I like that. It is a classic layout of a match. It is a simple yet strong use of the biggest star that you have. Yeah. People in the comments have been clowning John Cena's hairline. Can we not, guys? I mean, <laughs> no, as someone no, who is also no, no. losing his hair, no, no, can we no, not no. clown the guy? He's as someone, No, 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 no. As someone who did something about the hairline, about the thinning hair, I would like to clown John. Because um, we, you and I are in a position... Uh, Emil, uh, are you too? I don't know. Uh, yes. But you, <laughs> We are in a position to clown this man for holding on to this false hope that uh, his hair could still be, you know, salvageable. Um, I don't know why in all his wealth, he has not tried for hair transplants like some other people we know around here. Uh, I'm sure he could afford it. I don't know why he's holding on to this. But it's weird. It's a weird choice. Uh, I know that he's growing the hair out for movie roles. Yep. But, you know, just let it go, man. (laughs) Just let it go. It's bad. All I'll say is that it was a choice on John Cena's part, and I will not clown the man for it. I Um, will, because it's bad. (laughs) You, Emil, enjoy the return of John Cena. Yes. uh, It's so funny that 10 years ago, people were making fun of John Cena only having five moves of doom. And now uh, in 2022, going into 2023, people are popping for John Cena. All he did in this match is literally the five moves of doom and people love it. People were popping. And uh, at this point, he's a legend. I mean, whatever he does, he's going to get cheers, which is pretty ironic because in his prime, he was getting booed every week. So, but this Tag match was fun. It wasn't match of the year or anything, but the crowd was hot. Plus, just seeing Cena out there, it was a gift for the fans to end the year. And uh, plus, we have to admit, it's a pretty pretty sweet gig for Cena. Gets paid a lot of money, and all he does is his five moves of doom. Doesn't even take a bump. And uh, he's living the dream. He's totally living the wrestler's dream. Oh, right? I'm sure he's also happy to be here because he's John Cena and he's happy to be So... <laughs> And got paid a lot uh, too. Don't say that admin Chucky. I have the right to say panatao, and I did something about it. So if you if you have bad hair and you did something about it, you can say something about Chucky. Ako agree ako kay Chucky dito. Pag kayo na na panat din kayo, pwede magkakalaman tayo in a few years. I mean, if you have good hair and then you mock John, the karma will get you. But you know, if you're like us. <laughs> <laughs> and you did not win the genetic lottery. 
All right, uh, moving on. Let's go to Raw and talk about Alexa Bliss who has turned pure heel, pure evil. This dude, hindi natin kilala kung sino, showed up in the Uncle Howdy mask. Then after that, she went nuts on Bianca Belair and it seemed like she had this tormented look on her face as she left the ring. And Emil, we've been talking about this for weeks pero ito na ata yung pinaka-heel turn ni Alexa Bliss at this point. So what do you think about this? Because clearly, hindi pa tapos yung story nila ni Bianca. Uh, okay, so I, but first of all, I just wanted to shout out Alexa and Bianca for doing the scary movie spot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was great. Move, great move for move, by the yes, way. It's move yeah, for move. Yeah, it got a chuckle out of me. So, so anyway, anyways, uh, it has always been hinted since Survivor Series spot that Alexa was, was bound to turn heel and they did it now last, uh, last week. It's okay to me, but the thing I don't like is, like her heel turn is still with association with the whole Bray Wyatt supernatural stick, shtick, which want Alexa to move. So or or going back to the uh to the five feet of fury persona. So yun lang yung isang thing that I think I wish could change with this heel turn. But uh yun they followed up on this storyline, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. But at the same time, I wish things could have been a little bit different. Bro, I know you're not a fan of this yeah. uh, story with Alexa, but see, Bray Wyatt is basically a babyface on SmackDown, whereas Alexa is being corrupted to be a heel by the forces surrounding Bray Wyatt. Uh, Janelle, uh, I don't know what you're talking about, man. Um, the Bray Wyatt thing and the Uncle Howdy thing is pretty much a connection to the whole Bray Wyatt saga. I do think that because they have separated Uncle Howdy from Bray Wyatt, nah. It doesn't have anything to do with Bray himself, but the entire Brainiverse is becoming a thing now. So I guess they're expanding, and I guess it isn't strictly tied to Bray Wyatt. Maybe that's the good thing about this, but I don't like it either. I just wish that it was a plain heel turn, the way Janelle said. I just wish it was something internal, you know, internal, psychological, and not supernatural. I think, uh, although this is a totally different topic, the Bray Wyatt story has flopped, uh, which we'll talk about some other time, I guess. But yeah, I don't like it. I do like the fact or the way in which she manifested her heel turn, like the vase attack, some of that as well, but uh, not the Uncle Howdy thing. I just think that that's bad. And I do think that Alexa herself seems to want to work with this uh, Brainiverse and maybe she's compelled and fascinated by it, but I am not. So. Sorry, I'm just not. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll talk about the possible identity of Uncle Howdy in the audio-only version. So abangan nyo when the audio-only episode drops tomorrow on Spotify. In the meantime, sticking with Raw here, the Bloodline did their thing on Raw and they were basically felt throughout the entire episode. And we saw Adam Pearce trying to control the Bloodline, trying to keep them you know, under their authority right, as the officials. Uh, what do you make of this role? Because it's the first time in quite a while that we're seeing Adam Pearce step up against the Bloodline. Um, actually, when he started yelling and asserting himself, which is something that Adam Pierce rarely does, especially when the bloodline is involved. I think our uh, patron and friend Lance here has been so upset with the way um, the authority figures in WWE have been so toothless against Roman Reigns per se. So I think this is a welcome change. Then they'll yeah overdo Roman Reigns versus Adam Pierce. So. I do think it is somehow leading up to an, 
the eventual way that Adam Pearce will split the world, the Uwu Championship from Roman Reigns. So I know that WWE Triple H wants two world championships again. I have come to change my mind on that. But clearly, uh, I understand why a lot of people want it. And I think this is the seed that they have planted for it. Emil, what do you think about this development with Adam Pierce? Because we have seen this two years ago. Remember the first KO versus Roman Reigns feud for the Universal Championship? And then Adam Pierce was a key figure in that story. And here we are again in 2023, heading towards the Rumble. KO versus Roman Reigns Olet with Adam Pierce waiting in the wings. I actually like this because, again, like we said, no, he hasn't been much featured prominently on TV since Triple H took over. And this is really the first time where we see Adam Pearce very regularly on SmackDown and on Raw. It's a good thing because very believable see Adam Pearce as someone that you don't want to mess with. Yes, he's an authority figure, but you know when things escalate into a situation, you know Adam Pearce can beat you up. So I like this. Um... When it comes to the world title, it's still kind of shaky for me. Like, I don't think they want Roman to lose at any point just yet. So if they really want two world titles, I'll, I'll predict this now. They will unite the UU Championship and just make another one, I think. So, yeah, um, with, with this whole Adam Pierce thing, I like it. And uh, I wish he would be featured more as we go on into this year. All right. We'll take another break and when we come back, we'll talk some AEW and we're going to ask your thoughts. Yes, you in the comment section, we're going to ask for your thoughts regarding Batista. All right, that's coming up after this break. But first, a quick word from our other podcasts on Podcast Network Asia. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is the audio-only part of the podcast. And butin na pala, may ganito tayo because we've got some breaking news. Just a half hour since we ended the live stream, we already know that Money in the Bank will be taking place in the UK for the very first time. So it's been announced that the date is July 1 and it will be at the O2 Arena in London. So Daily Mail, yung nag-break nun, or Mail Sport, which is part of the Daily Mail. Not super fun for those of us who live on this side of the world because <laughs> But I believe July 1 is a Saturday, which means at least Sunday ng madaling araw dito sa atin sa Pinas, no? Yes. Yeah. Um, the good thing, I guess, is that they're considering more out-of-country pay-per-views, which should be fun. Sana hindi lang UK. I mean, yes, outside of the US, the UK is like the biggest market for them, but I do hope that they consider other places. Like... It's the World Wrestling Entertainment, or it used to be the World Wrestling Entertainment, that's put the world back in WWE. Mm-hmm. Ikaw, Emil, your thoughts on this? Because the last pay-per-view or PLE that was held in the UK was Clash at the Castle. And that went over well, naman, di ba? Yes, uh, Clash at the Castle was a success uh, in terms of business and in terms of satisfaction from the fans. So I'm glad that they're trying to go over to the UK once again, this time in London, in the O2 Arena for the Money in the Bank. And I also like that this isn't like a gimmick 
pay-per-view na it's a UK or Europe themed pay-per-view it's like literally one of their staples money the bank going over there so it probably means that they might do this every year from this point on that they will always go over there once a year maybe next year it'll be twice a year so i'm glad they're finally opening that up once again and uh not so much fun for us because we will watch wrestling uh, at the uh, wee hours of the day pero yeah it's a Saturday it's a good thing naman no? so uh, yeah, paano yun, pa kaya uh, kami ni Carlo talagang puyatan tapos nagsisigawan <laughs> pa kami <laughs> yeah but it will be fun your uh, solution then is they should fly you out to the UK <laughs> oh my god I would love that thank you Ro let's let's manifest that energy we need that <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yun um, I'm glad this happened and I uh this may be a trend rather than mm-hmm. just being a one-time thing. Hopefully, hopefully. Hopefully then it will be an Asian country next. Maybe Japan, maybe China, maybe Singapore. I don't know. We'll see. Probably not the Philippines because don't go to Philippine Arena, guys. Let's talk about it on social media. All right. Sticking with WWE, NXT New Year's Evil is happening next week. And all of the matches there, aside from the main event, are your usual TV matches. So let's focus on the NXT Championship, Braun Breaker versus Grayson Waller. The question, gentlemen, and we'll start with Emil here. Is it Grayson Waller's time? Yes, (laughs) it is Grayson Waller's time. Before, I said that Carmelo Hayes is the guy to beat Braun Breaker, but... I am Grayson Waller has grown on me so much over the last two months that I finally want him to be the guy to be defeating Braun Breaker for the NXT Championship because I think they have built up Grayson to be just as credible enough to beat Breaker. Like he may not be, hindi sila much ni Braun Breaker when it comes to speed, agility, and all that. But Grayson outsmarts Braun every single time, and I think it's kind of logical that. He uses that, and they finally pull the trigger on him finally winning the championship. I mean, Braun can always win it back if he wants, but let he Grayson has much more momentum, and masasayang yon if they basically job him out to Ron Baker, and uh, you know Ron retains next week. Kalako Emil, you were gonna cut the same promo that Grayson Waller cut on NXT. You said the same things that he did on television. Igoro, what's your fearless forecast for this one? Does Braun retain or does Grayson Waller walk away with the gold? Uh, I think at this point, it's tough to predict against Braun retaining. Well, that it's just he is more Cena than Okada is. You know, it's tough to bet against him when you know that they like him and then they're gonna keep on making him champion. They're gonna keep him champion rather until they finally decide to call him up to the main roster. So. I think the whole Grayson Waller big push is just to sow a little doubt, you know, just to make the matchup a little spicier. Because otherwise, Masahan Maging Halatana, Braun's going to win. But although it will be a welcome surprise, I don't think it's going to happen. All right. So, split decision dito on the podcast for NXT New Year's Evil. Uh, we talked about Bray Wyatt and his multiverse on the main live stream. And we got to talk about Uncle Howdy because on SmackDown this past weekend, we saw that he was a completely different individual than Bray Wyatt, like with his own physical form. And people are reporting in the dirt sheets that the person under the Uncle Howdy mask is reportedly Vincent, the former ROH wrestler, uh, who used to be part of the kingdom alongside Mike Bennett, Mike, uh, Maria Canellis, and Matt Taven. Yeah, yeah. So I- I've never seen Vincent 
Vincent work? Ikaw, Ro, familiar ka ba with, uh, with what he does? Yeah, I've seen him. I, I was watching ROH over the pandemic. I can't remember if I've seen him wrestle, but I've seen him. And yung last incarnation niya kasi was a weird cult leader, not unlike Bray Wyatt, actually. So now that I think about it, there's a good reason why he was chosen for this. It's, and it's because he has experience in this kind of character. So that all makes sense now to me. Okay, I guess I don't have a problem against Vincent per se, but I again, as I mentioned, Kanina, I do I do have a problem with how they are writing this whole thing, and I think I'll get into that when we talk about it a little more on the show, on the live stream rather, and if there's something big that happens that warrants our conversation. Yeah, probably the pitch black match Nina Bray Wyatt and LA Knight at the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Ego Emil, are you familiar with Vincent? Because I, I mean, I know of him, but I've never seen any of his work at all. Uh, I'm not familiar with Vincent. Was he on on Impact? Was he part of the Honor No More stable or no? I don't remember. It's oh, but Wikipedia says he was. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Does, so, yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. I saw him, but I, I never really paid attention to him. Uh, but all I know is he's the same size. As Bray or Bruce the Uncle Howdy might work. And I do think he's going to be the first member of the stable that Bray is rumored to be forming. So I don't mind it. If he can work, then that's fine, I guess. Uh, it's way too early to be really judging whether or not this is going to be good or not. But the entire Bray Wyatt storyline, uh, Mejo, I have some reservations against it. But again, it's way too early. So maybe. Uh, on a future, again, like like Rose said, on a future live stream, maybe we could expand on this a little bit further. Yeah, um, well, it has been three months since Bray Wyatt returned at Extreme Rules. So I'm not sure if it's standards of it's early in the game or it's late in the game or whatever. No, I think enough time has passed, but I, I want to wait for a big development before yeah, talking that. about it. Yeah. All right. Sticking with more WWE stuff. On Raw this past week, we saw one of our favorite storytelling devices as a podcast make its return. And that was the background shot of MVP seemingly reforming the Hurt Business while they talked to Adam Pearce. So nakita natin to a shot of damage control walking towards the gorilla position. So, Ikaw Ro, do you see the Hurt Business being a formidable force ulit on Monday Night Raw? I would hope so. Um, I think... Uh... Bobby Lashley has been rebuilt enough over the past few months. Siyempre may pagtutunguhan yung little storyline that he has with Adam Pearce. So that's not for nothing. So I do think that the Hurt Business will get a better shake under Triple H than Vince McMahon. So that's something to look forward to. It's only a matter of when and not if. Because obviously we're already getting the backstage shots. The storytelling device without having to devote a segment to them. So that's yeah. pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Iko Emil, will you buy you know all of this happening given uh, Lashley turned face, right? And now he's like got these shades of gray. They're giving him teeth again. Has enough time passed since the weird breakup of the Hurt Business that you can conceivably believe them again as a unit and as a heel unit at that? Because I, I don't think they can be baby faces, can they? I actually think they can. Because beaten when the Hurt Business had their run. And I think this is not the proper time and space for them to be given a proper 
run in the main roster. And I think they can work well as a babyface because Yung heel faction, we already have the bloodline. So there's already a heel faction. So dapat siguro meron silang contrapelo. And I think the Hurt Business can be that because Lashley has worked really well as a babyface. So I think that enough, he can bring all the other guys like MVP. We've seen Shelton and Cedric be babyfaces in the past as well. And so, you know, I think they can work as a babyface. Plus, I think I remember for two weeks during their run, they were leaning towards the face side when they were up against Retribution, and people love that. So that proved not enough that they can work as a babyface. And because we already have a heel faction, I think it's just appropriate that the Hurt Business, if they reform, they can try to at least be babyfaces. And I think it can work. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, last bit for our audio-only discussion, and that's on FTR, which has officially lost all of their tag team championships after Wrestle Kingdom 17. Merong balibalita that they might be returning to WWE, and we don't know how true that is, obviously. But on Dynamite kanina umaga, we saw a segment from the Guns mocking FTR, giving them a fake funeral on, in that one segment. So, Emil... Where do you think FTR goes from here? Are they just going to take a break? Are they coming back to AEW at some point? Or are they going to disappear for a while then just resurface in WWE by, I don't know, WrestleMania like Cody? Um, I don't think they are returning to the WWE just yet. And they because they just had a jam-packed 2022 and they never really got a break or a vacation out of it. So I think they will take this time to you know, go on a vacation, take a, take some time off. And then we will just wait and decide as to where FDR goes from here. And uh, on the past like episode, I did say that the FDR seems to be the type of wrestlers that would want to work like in all these different promotions. You want to work everywhere rather than just be tied down to one company. So, and I don't think WWE will allow them to have that same freedom that they're getting here in AW, but. Who knows? I mean, Triple H is a big fan of both uh, Dax and Cash. So maybe with a little bit of better pay grade, might just see the revival back in WWE. And who knows? They're going to be the ones who's going to dethrone the Usos for the Tag Team Championships. Maybe at Mania, maybe at SummerSlam. Uh, It's bound to happen. Or it's one of the scenarios, possible scenarios that will happen down the line with uh, FTR. Ro, we talked about this at Discord that in, uh, FTR could be the Cody Rhodes of the tag team division. But I also asked you, what's the point in FTR leaving one bloated roster in AEW to another one in WWE, which has so many tag teams under contract? So many tag teams, yes, but not enough tag teams who are big stars. So the only big teams, big name teams I can see in the main roster are the New Day, which are already down in NXT because they've been so overexposed. The Usos, who are still the champions. And the OC, who is barely a big name, but still one of the most notable names. So you do need bigger teams in that division, especially when you've got a bunch of mid-carder teams and thrown-together guys that are still yet to make a name. So... It would be bloated, yes, but they would stand out like the same way Cody did. But as Emil said, I do think they've expressed their intention to lay low a little bit. They have been going for it. They've been going hard, as their theme song used to say. The Revival are Triple H guys. So I think like Naomi 
they were mad at Vince. That's why they left. And they're not mad at Triple H. So I would assume, and I think everyone will also assume, that they would get a fair shake under Triple H. So FDR to WWE, good move or bad move? Emil? Uh, yes, it's a good move. Because the tag team division in WWE is quite shallow. There's a lot of tag team, yes, but uh, yung depth niya isn't like it lacks the star power. There's only the new day, the Usos. So the FDR would be a big addition to that division. It would definitely be a good move for me. And considering who's in charge now, Triple H, we can expect the revival to be used a little bit more better than their time under Vince McMahon. Igaru, good move or bad move? Yeah, I'm okay with it. I want them to be happy. I want them to go wherever they feel fulfilled. It does seem that their time in AEW, especially now, they've kind of run into a wall, especially now that other teams like the Acclaimed have found their niche, found their stride. So it's not a bad time for a refresh in their environment, especially now that the main problem that they had in WWE is now gone. Mm-hmm. Sana all, tulad ng FDR na the options are always open and you can have your pick of the litter for uh, who you want to work and it becomes a matter of the highest bidder gaining your services, diba? So there, meron ba tayong shoutouts on Kumu? Uh, not much, not much, but we are at 3,024 likes. So again, please um, keep smashing those hearts, guys, and let everyone know on Kumu that you like the wrestling talk. All right, let's go to AEW and talk about the new TNT champion. So it's Darby Allen. He defeated Samoa Joe earlier in the main event of Dynamite. So tapos na yung king of television run, I guess, ni Samoa Joe. Uh, huge pop because it was in Darby's hometown of Seattle, Washington. You guys know my feelings towards the Darby Allen character, so I'm not going to be doubling down on that anymore. You already know that. Perikao Ro, what did you think of this Darby Allen TNT win? I thought it was fun. Uh, I am a fan of Darby. Uh, I I like the way he wrestles. So, you know, I understand what he's trying to do in there. I I understand how he tries to work there. So that was pretty good. And he knows how to, you know, wrestle the way he wants to wrestle. Well, he knows his way around it. Samoa Joe is a good foil for that as well, because he is quite the veteran talent. I am sad, though, that Joe isn't the king of television anymore. He's only just a TV champion. I thought that that was going to be a long run, but I guess it wasn't. And I guess that wasn't in the plans. So it is what it is. And I do think, though, this is making the eventual Sting and Great Muta match a bigger deal. I don't know. I can't remember if he was involved in this match, but I think that brings in a little more hype. So that's going to be a trios match and Darby is involved in that uh, Great Muta match. Ego Emil, did you enjoy the Dynamite main event earlier? Uh, yes. A few weeks ago, they had a match, and uh, that's what I picked for my pick of the week. And this one, this was also fun. I think it was better than the first match. And the reason why these two work well together is because Samoa Joe really works at his best when he's up against guys who's going to bump for him, and Darby Allen is exactly the guy for it. They have a distinct chemistry that I liked, and it shows the man during the match. So I am okay with Darby Allen winning the TNT Championship, and this continues the trend of the TNT title changing when 
in the new years. So this time last year, I think, nag-change hands din yung DMT Championship. So continuing lang yung uh, trend every new year. So I I like this and I am looking forward to a bunch of really good Darby Allen TNT title matches down the line. Abangan natin kung may hot potato ulit at Battle of the Belts this year like there was last year between Cody Rhodes and Sammy Guevara. Abangan this weekend. Sticking with AEW, we got Brian Danielson and MJF going head-to-head in a promo battle earlier where MJF basically laid his stipulations to Brian that Brian Danielson has to remain undefeated until February 8th. Di ko alam bakit napaka-specific ng date na yun. Pero sabi ni MJF, if Brian can do that, then he gets his match at Revolution. And then Brian took it one step further and said, I'll only accept if you let me make the stipulation. And that's how Brian Danielson wanted to demand yung kanyang match against MJF to be an Iron Man match, a one-hour Iron Man match. So, Ro, what did you think of MJF demanding these things from Brian bago siya maging number one contender? Uh, they're rehashing the labors of Jericho from a couple of years ago. and. It has been a couple of years ago, and it was a fun story to get into because Babyface works his way up to get the match. That was pretty easily understandable, easy to grasp kind of story, so I don't mind it. I do enjoy the fact that this entire story has now become a rehash of Dino Bryan versus The Miz from 2016, where um, they had their infamous promo showdown or infamous argument, domestic disagreement in talking smack. So obviously MJF is taking the place of Miz this time. Brian is still Brian. This time Brian can actually wrestle and try to expose MJF for not being as good a wrestler as Brian is. So I like that. And I do think it's going to end up better. I do think MJF is better than the Miz. And I do think the way or the environment that they're in is more conducive to a better story in the end. I'm actually a fan of the world champion demanding that you have to jump through hoop one, hoop two, hoop three, etc. before you get your championship match. Because as the world champion, I guess you do deserve that type of privilege. But you're the top guy. You're the final boss that everybody's chasing. I'd like to think you do deserve to have some form of power over these challengers who want a shot at your title. But Emil, does the thought of a 60-minute Iron Man match excite you? Actually, it does. Because you can take away from this is I think it would lead to Revolution having fewer matches than any typical AEW pay-per-view. Because if, you book, <laughs> if you book an, an Iron Man match that long, for sure, mababawasan yung undercard. That has been one of our main complaints about pay-per-views with AEW is that Sobrang haba ng pay-per-views, sobrang haba ng undercard. So I think this would benefit the pay-per-view in its entirety because mahaba yung main event eh. So the undercards, they're going to try to cut it down para hindi din mapagod yung audience. So it's okay for me that the main event is 60 minutes. I mean, it's Danielson and MJF, two of the best workers in the industry right now. And it will also benefit us. It will be a better viewing experience for all of us if the pay-per-view is structured in a way in which the undercard doesn't get too much chunk of the time. Ikaw, Ro, kasi sabi mo nung Iron Survivor Challenge yung usapan na you're not a huge fan of Iron Man matches, but this is Brian Danielson we're talking about. Yeah, actually, I, I don't know what I'm going to feel about this because it is still a 60-minute match and I didn't like the 60-minute draw that he had with Hangman Page. I thought the rematch that they did was a lot better because it condensed the story. 
what I hope here is, you know, as Emil said, I hope that because you're running a 60-minute match, the rest of the show is heavily truncated to asana half of what the usual AEW pay-per-view card is. So that's the hope. I don't know if I'm going to be entertained by a 60-minute match, even though it is Brian Danielson, one of my heroes. I hope he lays it out in a way that makes it fun and engaging. There is still a point system, so at least that is a lot better off than your usual than your typical one fall to a finish match. So at least must be counting drama padun in that kind of setup. All right, uh, let's talk about the AEW women real quick before we get into some Batista talk. There was a segment earlier on Dynamite where Renee Paquette sat down with Saraya, Hikarushida, and Tony Storm, and Saraya announced that si Tony Storm is partner. Niya. And Hikarushida's face was visibly upset because Saraya said stuff about how she's sitting beside two of the best wrestlers in the world, but she decided to go with Tony Storm. So, parang na offense Hikarushida. And in saying this, I'm also going to bring up. Yung rumors that Mercedes might be debuting on AEW next week as Saraya's tag partner in case some shenanigans go down. Emil, do you think may saisay batong mga rumors na to? Yes, I think Tony being the partner of Saraya is a red herring. I still think it's gonna be Mercedes because they were already hyping this match early last month. So you cannot tell me that. This is a mega hype match, and you're only putting Tony Storm as the mystery partner. So this is a red heading, in my opinion. Something's gonna happen. I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't know who's gonna attack who. But at the end of the day, it's gonna be Mercedes who's gonna be the tag partner of Soraya. Yeah, but if you follow wrestling logic, it suggests clearly that Hikarushida turns heel on Tony Storm yes. out of jealousy. So, Road, would you like to see a heel Hikarushida? Yes, but also uh, it has to be addressed that I recently read, before we went on, I read the latest rumor. And Meltzer believes that Hindi Tuloy, see Mercedes uh, AW, I think from his reporting, apparently nobody knows if it's true for sure. The people involved in the match don't know if it's true for sure. They actually don't know if Mercedes will be wrestling and coming in. Mercedes also apparently doesn't want a long-term commitment to AEW. So a lot of things up in the air. From what I do know, I just know that she wants to be in Japan. So it might just be that. We'll find out next Wednesday, I guess. So this much is not a worst kept secret because hey, we literally don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, alam. So we literally have less than seven days for all of the chips to fall where they may. Okay, let's talk about Batista, because we've been talking about the road to Batista on the podcast for years at this point. But this week, the director of Glass Onion, Rian Johnson, he said that Dave Batista is the best wrestler turned actor. So everybody in the comments, let us know what you think. Agree or disagree? And why? Parang essay, diba? Pero ikaw, Emil, what do you think? In the pantheon of wrestlers turned actors, where does Dave Batista stand for you? Has to be number one. Because... I love how Dave started from the bottom with his Hollywood career. Yes, he was a star in WWE. He was known as a superstar all around the world. But the thing that I like with uh, Batista is he didn't take advantage of that in landing major roles early. Like he really started with action B movies. Yung mga hindi naman popular in the movies, the action movies, he started on that. And he worked his way up 
he got better with his acting, you know, how he portrays himself in movies. And iba-iba rin yung role na nakukuha niya. It's not like The Rock, which aside from a couple movies, he's basically the same guy. And with all the hard work, he was able to land major roles. For example, in James Bond movie, I can't remember the title, but... Spectre. Uh, yeah, Spectre. Yeah. And uh, also his uh, major uh, role, which is in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, which that basically hot-shotted... In Stuber. <laughs> that basically uh, hot-shotted his Hollywood career to what it is today. And uh, I'd put him over the likes of Rock and Cena because with Rock, like I said earlier, he's basically playing the same guy over and over again. And John Cena, he's still kind of pretty new to the Hollywood industry. And he leans more towards being a comedian in comedy movies, comedy series, rather than action, which Dave excels at. Parang feel ko mas may range si Cena. It's eventually it's gonna have more range than Dave and Rock, but right now it has to be for me. Dave Batista is the best wrestler turned actor. Bro, I think we all agree here that Batista is the undisputed number one. So maybe the question should be, who is the number two? Before I answer that, um, I have to say that I thought Batista was number one the moment I saw him. I watched him Inspector. So uh, when I talked about this, I got you know takes from other people saying, "Oh, it's it's John. No, it's Rock." Uh, but you can't seriously think that Dwayne Johnson, in all his very safe Hollywood roles, he is the 2020 or 2010s Will Smith. You know, he doesn't do anything that doesn't requires him to be more than the meathead action star that he has cultivated. So, in many ways, he is one of the biggest self marks in the world in that regard. So. Definitely not Dwayne Johnson as number two. Cena at this point is the number two. As mentioned, yeah, he does comedy, which he does better than The Rock. He also is willing to make a fool of himself. And he also shows dramatic range, uh, like he did in Peacemaker. So, and uh, Ferdinand. May, yeah, and Ferdinand. Make me something done with John. Uh, if only he would shave his head. Uh, <laughs> but he, if, if he would shave his head, then he could be number one. But right now it's Dave because Dave is actively choosing the roles that aren't stereotypical for wrestlers turned actors. Yeah, all of this talk about Dave Batista being the best wrestler turned actor, it's funny that this is happening in the same news cycle, I guess, as Dwayne Johnson's falling out with DC. And like the fact that you guys, Ro and Emil, have been bringing up The Rock in the conversation, even though you know it's really about Batista and how he stood heaven shoulders above everybody else. It's, it's quite funny to me lang, the timing of it all. Because for so long, The Rock was the gold standard for wrestlers turned actors. And then here comes Batista, uh, really just showing everybody how much better he is at the craft. Yeah. Uh, Bruce asks who fits best in a Star Wars project. Uh, Dave fits best in a Star Wars project. Yeah, Batista, 100%. Uh. Uh, oh, Janelle, why are we not talking about the Miz? <laughs> <laughs> I would put Miz above Rock uh, at this point because Miz can do slapstick comedy and again also make himself look stupid. Medjo leaning towards Rock, yung direct to DVD movies, yeah, but it's not the same playing field. Like The Rock can make any movie and star in any movie he wants. He just chooses to star in the same type of movie that he does. So. I think if you ask Miz to star in something else that doesn't involve him being a Marine or a fake Marine, he would do it. Eto, guys, where do you think Adam Copeland fits on this list? Oh, hang on, hang on. oh. 
Uh, uh, ano yung bago niyong project? Aries. Uh, Aries. Yes, Aries. yes, yes. Percy In Jackson, di ba? Percy, Percy Jackson, there. Uh, the sample size is still too small for Edge. Well, he had but Vikings. He had his role in The Flash. His role in The Flash. <laughs> As Atom uh, Smasher. Uh, he did Haven, di ba? That was yeah. his breakout role. Yeah. Uh, yeah, pero malit pa rin yung sample size, I think. But, I don't know. I, I can't tell it. Like, I haven't seen Vikings, although it does seem to be active with a lot of gravitas. So, uh, there's that. Obviously, I would put him above The Rock. Like, The Rock is a very... I mean, he's great. He's a nice guy and all, if we believe his PR. But, you know, quality-wise, work-wise, his bar is very, very low. Fantasy Aaron also brings up Awesome Kong, who was great in GLOW. I agree, 100%. I do want to see her more in other projects. Admin Jackie also brings up Samoa Joe, who is a budding voice actor. He, you know, famously played King Shark. Is that Arkham Asylum? Or one of the many Batman video games. So I, I hope na dumami rin yung VA roles ni Samoa Joe. Ito si Glendale, tinatanong niya, Stone Cold. <laughs> Stone Cold didn't like being an actor So there's not much to go on uh, I think he only really did what? The Longest Yard and The Condemned Grown yeah. Ups yeah, He was in Inglorious Bastards <laughs> oh, I, I didn't know that I, I haven't seen I honestly haven't seen Inglorious Bastards uh, Tarantino fans please don't kill me uh, Steve Austin I like him in uh, Grown Ups too So if you, you all know what The Adam Sandler movie So Austin is fine I guess he plays like the meathead guy in every movie that where uh, he appears. Mercedes Glendale, Monet. I haven't seen The Mandalorian, so I can't judge he, Mercedes' no, acting. Mercedes Monet only appeared in one episode, and she was a sidekick of the group. That she was Gina at. Carano? Yeah, no, no, not Gina Carano. Gina Carano, but no, 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 it wasn't her. It was someone else. Uh, the, uh, no, Gina Carano was on. Mando's side. But the group they done. That was one episode, and she just did a fight scene. That's pretty much the extent of her acting. Also, okay. Uh, we'll let you in the comments, even Rowan Ash, come up with your own lists. Champagne list namin here on the podcast is very subjective, so you can make your own and let us know what you think on Twitter and TikTok at Wrestling Two X Pod. And as we begin to wind down here, it's time for our picks of the week. You guys know what to do. Tigi-tigi salang tayo. I'm going to start with mine. And my God, that entrance from Shinsuke Nakamura at that Noah show on New Year's Day was epic. Him bringing out Lee England Jr., the violinist, na pinasikat niya during his NXT days was chef's kiss. Loved it. Thank you, Shinsuke. Thank you, Triple H. Thank you, Noah, for making it happen. Emil, what's your pick? All right, so my pick of the week... Pretty obvious, man. Uh, I think this will also be the pick of the week of our people here in the comments. It's uh, Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay from Wrestle Kingdom. The hype coming into this match was heavy, and they managed to exceed all those expectations. From the entrance to the match itself, it truly felt like the main event of the show. The crowd popped more in this match rather than the actual main event. I specifically love how they lean more on the violent side rather than the usual style and pace that we see with Kenny and Ospreay. Again, I said but I love that Osprey worked as a babyface and Kenny was the heel in this match. It was a very different dynamic than people are used to. That finish was great as well. The Kamagoye, then transitioning to the one, one Ring Angel, one, two, three. Just chef's kiss. Fantastic match. Early candidate for match of the year. Bro, I have two picks. Uh, again, I'm going to choose the work rate, not the picks here. First is Timothy Thatcher versus Jack Morris from The Noah Show. Really good stuff, especially if you wanted something that you are more familiar with to latch on to Sanoa. 
Timothy Thatcher is always great. He hasn't changed up the style from his NXT days and his indie days, so that's pretty fun. The other pick is Seth Rollins versus Austin Theory from Raw. Really good stuff. If you still haven't bought into Austin Theory yet, you are missing out on the boat. Mm-hmm. All right, Fred picks the same match, Theory versus Rollins. Leia also picks Omega Osprey. Bruce picks Elias versus Solo Sikoa, yung kanilang street fight on Raw. Julian also picks Omega Osprey. Janelle picks Isla Dawn versus Alba Fire. Let's pretend your honorable mention doesn't exist kasi hindi ka host, Janelle. Admin Angelo, sinong pinaparinggan mo? Oh, sige, you can pick Swerve versus AR Fox. No one's uh, stopping you naman. Ina picks Darby Allen's title win. Glendale picks Julia winning the Stardom Red Belt. Allen picks Yohei and KZY or KZ versus Ogawa and Eita at the Noah New Year show. Albert picks ZSJ joining the Mighty Don't Kneel. That was nuts. Did not expect that at all. Oh, see, yeah, yeah. see Nick Miller tries to slap Jack. Yeah. <laughs> Mikey Nichols and Shane Haste. It's been a while since I heard them actually get called by those names. Uh, Sakumu, we have no picks of the week. Nah, we do not. All right. So yeah, let's get to some plugs. Uh, Ro, anything to plug on your end? Not much other than the MWF as well. You know, as usual, we are still in the process of airing the Notre Buena event from last December in parts in the coming weeks. So this week we aired the second or the third hour or the second hour of the main show. Uh, all you got to do to watch it is to subscribe to the MWF Gank account. Just go to it by heading to manilawrestling.com. It's only $10 or roughly around 600 pesos. You could pay via debit card, credit card, GCash as well. So a lot of options for you to support local wrestling if you want us to thrive. If you want the scene, the boys and girls to reach their dreams and the scene to be successful, please do consider supporting and subscribing. Okay? One month them again also follow us on tiktok at wrestling 2x pod we are doing what we do we are the house of highlights for wrestling i would like to believe so if you want to see your favorite moments just subscribe to us all right you got emil anything to plug uh just follow me on tiktok at eml underscore meister 22 i just post sports opinions uh, sometimes wrestling opinions there as well so you know and on twitter at eml underscore meister all right. For the podcast, it's at Wrestling Twix Pod on Twitter and TikTok. Everywhere else, it is at Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Thank you very much to everybody who joined us, all the listeners, streamers, viewers, subscribers, patrons. Thank you to everybody. Thank you as well to everybody at PNA for all the hard work that they do behind the scenes. Make sure to follow us individually at EML underscore Meister, at Roizwar, at Chino Supersize, and at Monday Night Rowan. We'll catch you next week for another live stream. Ito my audio-only parts pa. We're going to talk about Grayson Waller versus Braun Breaker, the Hurt Business possibly reforming, Uncle Howdy and FTR losing all of their tag titles. That's part of the audio-only discussion for everything else we'll catch you next week on another episode of the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast on behalf of Romoran and Emil ASH my name is Stan C saying stay safe happy new year everybody bye peace the views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators hosts and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of podcast network asia any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion ethnic group club organization company individual or anyone or anything